It's still real to me, damn it. All right, welcome everyone. Another edition of It's Still Real to Me. We're coming at you on Sunday night as we have a lot to catch up on. Of course, everything Zaslow Show 2.0, including It's Still Real to Me, is presented by our title sponsor, Everything Zaslow Show 2.0, and Ajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, Any kind of an accident you've been in, you let them put their skills to work for you. Best accident attorneys around. Anna Darn Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3, My pal is Joey Levin, joining us here as he always does. And today's show, AEW World End last night. We will recap the latest AEW pay-per-view. Joey, how you doing this evening? Or have you recovered from that pitiful effort from the Miami Dolphins this afternoon? I don't know that there's any recovery from that. Um, just I saw Buffy your tweet. Terrible, man. I, so I saw bad. your tweet about potentially if we beat Buffalo, we play Buffalo. What I understand now is if we beat Buffalo and the Steelers beat the Ravens and the Jags win, then Buffalo's out of the playoffs and we play the Steelers. Right, right. The Steelers are not. You know, yeah, some people pointed it out to me that the, that the Bills have not clinched yet. Right. So there is uh, wacky scenarios going on where like the Bengals right now have the ball down by five six minutes left we need the Bengals to win the Steelers look like they're going to win if they can hang on right now against the Seahawks and then the Dolphins can actually bump Buffalo out of the playoffs and that's what you want because you're not trying to face Buffalo two weeks in a row but what what a disaster this happened it was like when the game ended I sat there and I looked at my son I'm like three hours just sitting here bored out of my mind just just three hours of my life totally wasted just sitting there it was awful yeah so bad i mean the good news is if you want to take a silver lining from this is the afc stinks it's just baltimore so get you feel good about going back to baltimore in a potential afc championship no i don't but at least i don't feel awful about maybe getting there like anything can happen in the in these playoffs because the afc stinks right now like you can get to the AFC championship game and anything can happen in one game. No, I don't want to play the Ravens ever again after today. Right. But the way the AFC stacks up right now, everyone stinks, but the Ravens, like oh, everyone fucking own the playoffs too, man. They're, they everyone, everyone looks bad, but the Ravens. So whoever you play, there's a shot to go. And then you just have that one game. But other than that, today was a disaster. So yes, we're coming at you live here in that sweet spot at the end of the four o'clock games before the 8 PM game. Today's going to be a great show we have for you because we're reacting to a uh, what what and whether you love this show last night or not, it was a monumental show. All right, Huge. so yeah. we're reacting to a monumental AEW World's End. We're not taking off tonight, even though it's New Year's Eve. Matter of fact, the only other people that don't get this time off during this time of year are pro athletes and the folks at Bet Online. With NFL bowl season, NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off. They're going to make sure you have all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Joey, so the first thing, uh, and overall, I thought the show was fine. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was that was probably one of their weaker pay-per-views, matter of fact, in a while, because 
even though most AEW pay-per-views, I, I feel like we go into them and 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 you doubt if it's gonna be any good, and they always come through AEW. Like the shows end up being really great despite how long they may be. But this was one where when it ended, and I didn't watch the end until today because I was watching the Panthers last night and the Heat last night and football last night. So when I got done watching it this morning, I was like, show's fine. You know, like, like I didn't think it was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you said, it was a monumental show because of how it ended. Yeah. But you walk away from this show. I walk away from this show just really wondering, like, where is AEW? Like, we said that the devil reveal and how this show shook out was going to be very meaningful for where AEW goes going forward because there's been I mean I think people are beginning there's been people fans have gotten a little restless with AEW it's like what's going on what direction are we headed do we have anything going on other than MJF I think there's a lot of questions about the direction of where things are headed I'm not sure that last night answered a lot um even though a lot happened um you know I think there's still a lot like the direction of where they're going with with a lot of their top stories I mean it's it is a full it's a 100% reset of the top of the card. Well, yeah, I think I think they're putting a lot of eggs in the Adam Cole basket. 100%. And and I think they're putting a lot of eggs in the Will Ospreay basket. Well, I, I, yes, yeah, of course. You got to assume that, especially because, like, who knows if Kenny's ever going to wrestle again and somebody has to take that spot. Mm-hmm. That spot is going to hurt them. Um, but, yeah, it, but also, as we now know, based on many reports and even – hearing Tony Khan talk about it afterwards in the scrum MJF ain't going to be around for a while. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's healing up. He's resting. And also like Tony Khan said one thing in the scrum that I was just like, is MJF leaving AEW? Like, he- all right. So let's, let's work our way back to that. Okay. Yeah. The first thing let's, let's work our way up to that. And we are going to start the show here. And by the way, if you guys make sure you like you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. And we really appreciate you hanging out with us here on new year's Eve. You know, maybe, maybe you're catching us before you're about to go out and do whatever you're doing. We're staying put in the Zaslow mansion tonight. Like new year's Eve for us. Those days are long past with us doing stuff, man. We're just hanging out. Probably going to watch a movie in a little bit because the Sunday night football game is kind of shit, Packers and Vikings. So we're just hanging out. And if you're hanging out with us here right now, we love it. You could uh, comment, questions, any of that kind of stuff, and we'll get you involved in the show. And if you're listening right now on the podcast, you're listening in the future. And we appreciate that as well. So first thing I want to tell you is I, 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 I'm so frustrated. I, I know that I've, I, I've expressed this frustration before. AEW, their pay-per-view shows cannot move to max fast enough. I fucking hate this Bleacher Report app. It is the pits. It's so bad. And I was checking on on Twitter, like, is anyone else having the problem that I'm always running into? And yeah, everyone else is having the same problem. It's constantly, we're experiencing technical difficulties, blah, blah, blah. Like, I got that message a dozen times throughout yeah. watching this show. It's for a major wrestling promotion. It's so amateur hour that I have to go through this with their pay-per-views. And I told you in the past, I have definitely ordered their pay-per-views multiple times because I couldn't figure out what I was doing. I like, I'm so tired of it. That's why I do it on my computer. Cause I've never really had a problem with it 
doing it through. What service just, do you order it through on your computer? I just do it on bleacherreport.com. So, I just, so I guess because I'm on the app, maybe it's a little more complicated. Yeah, I'm, the app probably just sucks. It's probably a really oh, shitty app. It I go, sucks. I just go to bleacherreport.com and I order it and watch it on a browser on my computer. I've never oh. even tried to to do the app on my TV it's because so I know awful, Bleacher Report man. sucks. It's so awful. Uh, what? <clears throat> Excuse me. Dealing with a little cough. Anyway, so a couple of days ago, you send it to me, right? Where MJF makes a long story, puts a long uh, uh, column in the Players' Tribune. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about uh, everything he appreciates with AEW. He's talking about how much wrestling means to him. And then he also starts talking about, I'm really beat up right now. I don't know what's going to happen after World's End. And he also said a lot of awesome things about his Judaism and representing Jews as a world champion in a major wrestling promotion, which I really fucking loved, man. Uh, I, I, like I was, I was rooting hard for him. And, and a lot of my rooting hard for him is because, man, he wears that Judaism badge really proud and really loud. Like, like no one else that I could remember in the sports world. Who in the sports world? I mean, I guess you got to go back to Sandy Kopax before you and I were born, where he's not pitching on Yom Kippur, right? Like, yeah. who who else wears their Judaism? Robert Kraft, I guess. Well, he's not a player. I mean, there's a yeah, million but, owners I mean, who are Jewish. Mickey Arison wears it yeah, very but proudly. He, he does, but I don't know that. I mean, I'm a, but you, you're generally not aware of like what owners are doing. I'm aware of the stuff that Robert Kraft is doing because he's very public about it. So, yeah, he's not, he's, he's not an athlete. Um, but he's pretty but as far but no, as athletes not, like MJF may be the top of any athlete who represents Jews. Also partially just because there just aren't very many. But mm-hmm. so he is he is the top. He, I mean, right now he's he is the he is, as you say, the top Jew. Um, right. There's never right, there's never been a player, although Sandy Koufax was amazing, but it, there's there's never a player, you know, it, it'd be like if if, Dur- if, Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant was Jewish, you know, like there's or, or, you know, Giannis was Jewish. There's never anyone at the top of the game, in the right. top of the business, who's Jewish yeah. the way MJF is, you know? Yeah. there's It's such a rare opportunity. Yeah. And I, I think historically in professional wrestling, you he might be really the first ever to be at the top top, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, when, when, and I, man, I love, if you're, if you're watching or listening right now, and you haven't seen the column that MJF penned a couple days ago. It's on the Players' Tribune. You just go right there. I think you're going to love it. It was really well written. And you could feel his emotions and how much he loves pro wrestling. I thought it was one of the I, – I don't read all the Players' Tribune ones. I Neither think do I. They, they've lost a little bit of their luster to me because now they're just giving – like just – I mean, I know it's the Players Tribune, but like but everyone's got their own. Everyone's got their own podcast. Yeah, and YouTube. And it was now. for me, and it's probably because I'm a big wrestling fan. I thought it was one of the best ones I've ever read. Um, it was just fantastic. It's it's not typical. Like the stuff he's saying in that article, and he 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 said that mm-hmm. um, for the world champion of the second biggest promotion in the world to write an article, basically just you know peeling back the curtain on yep. the in- industry and the company and everything and just being so brutally honest about everything it, it was it was so it was very it was it was awesome and because mjf is who mjf is 
a lot of the time I'm like, what's the angle here? Like where, where, because we, because he like lives this. Everything is for the bet, the, at least in my opinion, everything he does is in service of a storyline or something that's going to happen within the industry. So I'm reading this whole article and I'm like, this is amazing. This is so cool. But also, where's this going? Like there was multiple parts in that article where I'm like, he's go- he's leaving AEW. There, there were, mo- I felt that it just felt like, a. I appreciate what we've done here. This place is special. Goodbye type of thing. Well, don't you think more now that you know he lost last night and that he's clearly going to be away for a while. Now, don't you feel like it's just, all right, I'm going to be away for a while and I got some things to say. Cause that's, that's the way. That yeah. I but they have not announced a new contract for him that I know of. There's been this whole bidding war of 2024 thing. And also last night in the scrum, Tony Khan said, I can't comment right now on a, on M Maxwell on MJF's future with AEW. Now that again, he didn't speak all, last night, right? MJF did not speak last night. Um, and you know, Tony Khan, again, that could all just be gimmick and he's keeping things quiet and whatever. It's part of him going away, but it, it's just all, but that's why it's great. Cause with MJF, we just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I don't know. Like, I like that in my mind, there's this, I, there's this possibility of MJF leaving AEW. Not that it would be brutal for them. It would be awful for them if he left. I think there's but no chance he leaves. I I don't know about that. I mean, they're, they're not like we're not going to eventually have a payoff to this Adam Cole Devil story. I'm just saying. I, I think yeah, I'm sure that's where this is all headed. But you know, if WWE gives him twenty million dollars a year or something, he's going to leave. Like you yeah, got to. Yeah, but that's where like we got to be reasonable. It's, oh, he's not going to leave. But what if WWE offers him a billion dollars? Well, of course. But if we're dealing with reality, I don't see a scenario where he leaves. Yeah, but if but if you're WWE and you're looking at AEW as any type of competition and you see how much they have put this whole company on this kid's shoulders, wouldn't you offer him everything under the sun to come over and potentially just ruin that company? Yeah, but at the same time, if you're WWE, you also have to weigh the consequences of doing that. And what I mean is all of the guys who you've been building up who are under your uh, uh, company for all of these years and all of a sudden you're going to pay that guy what you haven't been willing to pay this guy who's been working for you all these years that could create major problems backstage man you got to cons- like management needs to consider that kind of stuff so yes it could be like a death blow to AEW if you bring him over but what if it makes all of your like like the rumors about Sasha Banks where she and who knows what's true and what's not true, but she wants more money than the historic contract that they apparently just gave Charlotte Flair. Well, WWE's not going to give Sasha Banks that because you got people who've been working there and who've been good soldiers all this time. Sasha Banks threw a hissy fit and walked out, and now she's the highest paid woman. They're never going to do that. I also think it's because she doesn't move the needle like that anymore. Uh, uh, I well, yes, I, I you know, hey, you're preaching the choir. No, right, no, I, I just think, like, one. had she gone out and raised her stock, they may have paid her because she was there. I, I think that, there, at least for me, it's yeah, a what, she had two, Has she had two matches since leaving? Like, well, she got hurt. She had a bad I injury. So, but, ha, like, if she had just gone straight to AEW and had, like, this massive run with AEW and then came back, they might have given her that money. I think WWE's. I mean, I think they get it. Like, I just, I don't think she has improved her stock the way she thought and everyone thought she would leaving WWE. So yeah. she doesn't deserve it. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, 
there is only maybe a, a handful of people in WWE, maybe not even that deserve to be paid more than MJF for what MJF's done over the last couple of years. Like MJF's the, one of the best in the business. He, I mean, he just is. So people could get frustrated. Really I think people, and but I, you know, I, I'm sure maybe some people would get frustrated, but also like, all right, then step up, like then step up and be better because WWE. I think the people that are in WWE also have to look at it like, hey, they're not just giving him money. Right, they're giving him money for a reason. If it were to happen, now this is all hypothetical. You're probably right. There's probably no way he leaves AEW. Tony Khan probably pays him whatever he asks for, and he stays and whatever. But I think I like that the conversation now. The timing of how it happened. He 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 loses the title December 31st, 2023. He announces he's he's out indefinitely. Tony Khan confirms he's out indefinitely, and it's all been leading up to 2024. He's been talking about this contract 2024 forever. And he happens to just lose the title and be out right before the new year when his contract's up. I love it. I think that is one of the best parts of this whole storyline that really hasn't gotten talked about much at all, which is he has been talking about 2024 for two years now. I'm taking it with a, if, if jolly old Nick, my favorite con in the business comes and talks to me and makes me an offer, I'm going to WWE. And now his contract is technically up 20, the bidding war of 2024. So I, I love that part of it. Even though I totally knew that Samoa Joe could win, all right? When yeah. MJF's hand fell for the third time, I was pretty fucking shocked. Yeah. It was, was and, and, the, and the crowd was shook. Like, the crowd did not expect that to be the end, which is fine. Totally reasonable way for the match to end. Um, and with Adam Cole, we can't find the Dynamite Diamond Ring, so yeah. it allows... It allows uh, Samoa Joe to get up and put him in the sleeper hold. Um, yeah, I the match was good, but obviously let's talk about the ending here. So well, I, I just want to say I like yeah. the way I, I agree, but I think that was the perfect way for Joe to win. I think it was just perfect. It was like this whole story, a big part of this entire story is that MJF is so beat up. He's mm -hmm. carried the company. He's got all these injuries. He's working with an injury. And the way he finally loses his title is he's just worn out. It wasn't interference. It wasn't any of that shit. He tried to cheat to win. And they told the perfect story of this guy who just, he's literally just worn out. And Samoa Joe literally just wore the life out of him. It was the perfect way for Samoa Joe to win. I had, until his horn fell, I didn't think Samoa Joe had a chance to win. I yeah. really didn't. And, and, and especially without the devil's people like interfering some way, like, I there's nothing in me that thought Samoa Joe gets a clean win over MJF like that. Um, but the way they did it was, I thought, like, perfect. And Joe is, I'm not sure how long Joe's title reign is going to be, but he's a, he's awesome. So Joe's awesome, but my problem with Joe has, and the reason that I understood WWE releasing him, my problem with Joe is you can't count on him. He's always hurt. Like, everyone w in is, like so. there are several times <laughs> in WWE that they've tried to run with him, either as the NXT champion, either time, or when they had him in the feud with Brock Lesnar, which was an awesome feud. Um, you can't trust him. He always gets hurt, man. So, like, I get it. I, I, I think he could have an awesome run. I hope he stays healthy. He's awesome, you know? Yeah. So, and, and a well, super believable champion, of course. He is. And I also think... Here, here, something that's pretty interesting in them putting the belt on Joe at this point, at this time, is all of the issues that have been going on in AEW. 
there's been all of this, like the locker room, the inmates running the asylum, who has respect, this and that. Look, Joe's the guy now. Like he, that's his locker room. And I think it seems like out last night, my ankles are getting swollen from all those salty tears I'm drinking. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's probably good for AEW for a little while to have a guy like Joe as like the guy in, in the locker room. Just b- based on what we hear about what goes on behind the scenes. Because ad- he's the adult in the room. He's the adult in the room, and he will, like, I mean, I think he's a real life, like, he will kick your ass. Yeah. Like, he's not going to fuck around. Um, so, and even the stuff he said in the post-fight scrum, I thought, I like, I love the way he was talking about being a champion and calling people out, and if there's problems, come talk to me. Like, y- like I, I think he's good, not for long term, but I think he's a good transitional champion till they decide who really is next for a big run who is going to be next to challenge him though so he specifically called out two guys in the scrum who hangman and swerve um are we we ready for swerve i think the only reason that i don't think we're ready for it is because the way that he beat dustin rhodes like they're clearly really leaning into swerve as a heel I know the crowd loves him, but yeah, like, but even that was, that was yeah, but even in the shit, even man. even afterwards, Tony Khan talked about it. He was like, "This crowd wants Swerve." Like yeah, he said, the do. crowd wants Swerve. Yep. Um, Swerve actually in the scrum said, "You know, I'm done with Keith Lee. Like he's got to earn his way back to me now. I'm done with him. Tonight was a waste of my time. I'm I'm going for gold." Uh, so. Like storyline wise, I, I don't think there's anywhere else. Oh, Swerve for- should get it at Hangman. They fought a month ago and Swerve beat him. Right. I, I mean, I think right now it doesn't have to be immediate, but there's nowhere else for Swerve to go at this point. Mm-hmm. He's got everything. He, we t- we talked about this. This guy is a mega mega star. Um, he has a chance. You know, they have a chance to make him the first black heavyweight champion in AEW history. Yep. Um, I, I just. And and the crowd just loves him. They love they him. I'm love sitting him. on the couch with my son. We're both doing the Prince Nana, man. They love him. They love him. Love. Uh, so, yes. But, I mean, the crowd loves Hangman, too. Hangman's good. And Hangman, at some point, will be their champion again. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the way they've sort of um, done things in the past, I mean, would it shock me to see Danielson get another shot? Would it shock me to see Mox get – no just because that's how Tony Khan is. But if I had to pick two, those were the two, the two that Joe said are the two that I would love to see next with MJF gone. And plus, you know, the natural one is Adam Cole, but he, he can't wrestle. Like he's still in a boot. Who I don't know how long it's going to be. Adam Cole would be the guy you would think, mm-hmm. which is, which again, so I guess we're going to like, now we can like, well, let's talk about it, like him being the devil, right? Like, yeah. That was the only hang up I had about him being the devil is that he's, he's essentially just like a manager for the next however many months until he's well helped. i mean is it that long do we have any idea how long it actually I is i don't it's think already it's been a few months yeah but he just had surgery like a month ago really I, I don't i think it's it's been a long it seems i think it seems like it's been longer than it is like i don't think his surgery was a small one i think he he needs time i don't, I don't think he's that close and then even when he's better can he just jump back into being in the world title picture like um, I think the timing of the reveal was weird to me of him being, and then his group. Oh, yeah, I think they just they they had to do it already. They were like, it, yeah, you can't avoid it. Get you can't 
get to a place where it may get stale. They had to do it last night. So I get it. And I actually thought the way they did it was cool. Uh, yes. you, you knew that, you know, he's see, I mean, what I thought was going to happen, he's got the chair and then he just hands the chair to Adam Cole. <clears throat> That's what I thought they were about to do. Instead, you get the lights out and, and then it's like, oh shit. Then, like, then I'm able to read what was about to happen with the lights out. And I thought, I thought the execution was really cool. He's sitting on the chair. I thought that was neat. They're all behind him. They take off the masks. Uh, I thought we were going to get Red Dragon behind him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, because it, it looked like it was Bobby Fish wearing the mask the other day. So are Bennett and I don't even know the other guy's name. What's the other guy's name? Matt Taven. Uh, are they the Ring of Honor? They must be the Ring of Honor yeah. champions, right? Okay. Because yeah. we knew Roderick Strong was not, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Well, so, yeah, and, so- and that's why it all made sense. Like when they, when they, when they lost the Ring of Honor titles, I had a feeling it had to be them because those guys don't wrestle in AEW ever. Like they're only wrestle in in okay. ROH. At least I don't remember seeing them wrestle in AEW. So, are you cool with Adam Cole being the devil? Like I, like uh, your orig- your thought a month ago or a few weeks ago that uh, being Adam Page, I thought it would have been super cool. Uh, it was always a low percentage chance of it being him, even though I thought it would be cool. But otherwise, it being Adam Cole, like, I'm down with it. Adam Cole can be a prick, you know? So He's I, a great heel. Yeah, so I, I think it's cool. My my biggest question about it is, wow, so Wardlow is in their group. And the part that I think is weird about that is, I mean, why does Wardlow need to be in a crew? Wardlow's good enough just as Wardlow. Matter of fact, I mean, Wardlow, however many months ago, before when MJF was still a heel, Wardlow fought MJF. And he beat him in like 30 seconds. Like Wardlow doesn't need a crew to go. And we know he wants another piece of MJF. He doesn't need a crew to go after MJF. So that that part I thought was a little bit weird. I think eventually they, the reason, I think the reason he's there is so he can eventually rejoin MJF. I think he eventually turns on Adam Cole and joins MJF again. I that's just the I don't know. There's something there because you're, you're right. It doesn't really make sense for him to be in this crew. He doesn't fit. I don't know what his he doesn't need them. And then they don't. I mean, I, I, I don't really understand it other than his proximity to MJF, who's now gone. And when he comes back, it's going to be Adam Cole. It's not going to be Wardlow. Like, yeah, now that he's right, with right. M, now that he's with Adam Cole, he's not even going to get a shot at MJF. Right, does Wardlow time. want to take orders from a guy again, the same way he was with MJF for that whole you know right. stretch? But I do think I could I see a scenario long term where it's MJF pulling Wardlow back in to put Wardlow over. Like now it's your turn. Okay. Like, um, then but, maybe that's the plan. But but my biggest. Again, confusion. I think I, I get it that it had to be done. And we've been saying since this Adam Cole MJF thing started, it's only like eventually this is leading to Adam Cole turning on MJF. There's the, it's the only way this ends. And we didn't, we never knew, we didn't originally anticipate the whole devil thing. But I think we said from the very beginning of this, like the only way this ends is Adam Cole turning heel on MJF because it's perfect. Like MJF's so over and everyone loves these guys. It's going to make him a monster heel when he finally turns. So they had to do it. It was the most obvious thing. Sometimes the most obvious thing is the best thing. But again, from a timing perspective, this is what confuses me the most about it is now what do they do? He's gone. 
So what does the devil and his crew do now? Their whole thing was they were going after MJF. MJF lost the title, and now he's gone indefinitely. So what do the devil and his in the in that group do? Adam Cole can't wrestle. So there's just three. Yeah. There's it's just Adam Cole and four mid carters, and no MJF to attack. So what yeah. do we go? What do we do? Like what's interesting? The, I don't know. What's the story? I yeah. mean, and plus, like they didn't even cause MJF to lose the title. I mean, well, I guess I guess technically you could say Adam Cole not finding the ring and struggling to find the yeah. ring was intentional. Yeah. And and that, and that's why he lost the title because he didn't help him cheat. But you know they didn't attack him, they didn't distract him, they didn't do anything. Like MJF lost clean. So really, like the devil and the devil's crew, they didn't even cause him to lose the title. And now he's not there for them to get their like. They just attacked him. Well, and and one thing I didn't like about the way the show ended, I thought they should have left him in like a bloody heap. You know, he took. He took a power bomb from Wardlow, and that was it. Like I, I thought he should have been a total mess. Uh, I thought that yeah. would have brought a lot more heat. It would make sense all the time that he's going to be away now. Uh, it was, it was a power bomb, and and we're done. That so right. I, I, I wish they would have really fucked him up. I thought it would have been more. Now I'm trying to remember because the devil thing has been going on for such a long time. Who else have they attacked in this time? Because uh, Hangman Jay White, right. So is that is this the story? Like the all of the guy, all the other people that the devil has attacked. Maybe it's gonna feud with all these stables, the elite bullet club. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna try to get their revenge for getting attacked. Maybe and and then the group has to protect Adam Cole because he's hurt. (laughs) Like, I mean, I it's the only thing I can think of because what else is you know, and they got Wardlow there as the muscle, you know, taking on yeah, maybe. I mean, it's the only thing that makes a ton of sense. I will say this. It's good news for anybody who's a fan of this show. It's good news for us that it was not Jack Perry because we wouldn't yeah. have talked about AEW for a month. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we were mad so about that. It, but it's you know, it was obvious. Adam Cole was the obvious choice. It makes sense. The Ward, I agree. The Wardlow thing is weird. So we'll see where uh, that leads. So, so let's. We're not going to talk about every match here, but there's a few other matches that I want to talk about here. And let let's start off real quick here. So Swerve and what was supposed to be Keith Lee. Keith Lee at the beginning of the day put out a post on social media about like how hurt he is. He's going to try, but I can't make any promises. And then I I guess they they must've announced it earlier in the show and I didn't see it, but then Dustin Rhodes comes out. I was like, Oh shit. So Keith Lee can't go. But the part that I'm wondering, do you think Swerve was like when he's saying shit, like this is a waste of my time, blah, blah. Like I always love when the lines are blurred like that. Like, do you think he was being serious and he was really fully angry? in gimmick? Fully in gimmick, hundred okay. percent. I mean, I would imagine that like, there's probably some part of him that's disappointed because that's not the match that he was supposed to have. Keith Lee's think, another one who's always hurt, right. always hurt, always but, something wrong. But no, it felt like in the press conference, and I, I think we have we've talked about this before, like with WWE and with AEW. Like, I appreciate the guys who are in gimmick in the press conference. Yeah, not, no, me too. Um, and Swerve was very much like. Like this is my time. Like he was that, out. That match was, ended up being cool. Like he beat the. Sh- I I, I yeah. thought it was going to be one of those where they don't even get the match started. You yeah. know where the match never happens. I thought it ended up being cool. He beat the shit out of Dustin Rhodes. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, and I think you know his reaction was all gimmick, and that. But that's mm-hmm. the gimmick, right? He was like, "This was a waste of my time. I'm on to bigger and better things." He talked about pretty extensively about how he, he uh. 
you know, he was the person who was pinned the least in the entire Continental Classic. But because of the way the final shook out, he didn't get to fight for gold. Mm -hmm. So he feels like he deserves to be, you know, fighting for gold. And that's where he's headed. Like, I, it was all in gimmick, but it all made sense. So yeah. it was good. Uh, the Keith Lee thing, like, you know, you mentioned it after, you know, the la after your interview with Swerve, because you asked him about it. Yeah. Personally, I think, like, he's so far beyond the Keith Lee thing that you could revisit the Keith Lee thing at some at any point, And there's history there. I think he's so far beyond that. I couldn't yeah. even believe that that match was happening on this card. Like, I think he's just so far beyond that, that feud. Oh, he that, is now. He is now. Um, that like, you know what? I, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good if we don't see it for a while. Like, uh, unless, like he said, Keith Lee's got to get his way back to me. Like, so gross think, when Dustin Rhodes spit on his face. That shit's disgusting. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's right. If he, if that's going to happen, Keith Lee's got to stay healthy. He's got to get it, get some time on TV. On and and you gotta like prove it that he deserves yeah. to be on Swerve's level because there's not a lot of people who are on his level right now. What did you make of Edge and Christian? Uh, I, I love Edge... the ending. I love the ending. Loved the ending. Okay, so let's the talk ending, about ending. the ending because as far as you know, I mean the match was fine. I uh, crazy. The, I can't even imagine what they're gonna do in the third fight. <laughs> like like the, like the fire, the the table on fire always makes me super nervous. All right, because... and they messed it up. And they messed it up, but it always makes me nervous because, you know, I always remember that one time with Randy Orton and his father where he was lighting the casket or whatever it was with The Undertaker and and Randy got some kerosene on his boot and, like, mm. he was really close to lighting himself on fire. Um, and that's so – I always think about that. It always makes me nervous when they got the kerosene and their sweat and, like, so they, they – and, yeah, so he lit the table, but – he missed the table when he slammed Nick Wayne onto it. Yeah. So like the, the whole thing was, it, it, it didn't come off very well. I didn't think uh, the match was fine, but it, you know, and, and so Christian forcing kill switch. I like his name is kill switch. Right. Christian, well, just to be clear. So the, the, because I, I don't know that like a lot of people may not have even seen this. So there was a 20 man battle Royal at the beginning of the night for a future AEW TNT championship shot. Anywhere, so, anytime. Any, and it was basically like a Money in the Bank match. It is a Money in the Bank match. Yeah, it was a Money in the Bank match. Kill Switch, formerly Luchasaurus, won that. And then then we have the ending. Yeah, so Edge becomes the TNT champion. And Kill Switch comes to cash in. And Christian whispers something in his ear. And Kill Switch begrudgingly hands it over. We obviously want to know what he whispered to him. He begrudgingly hands it over to him. And and Christian then wins the TNT championship back. So I thought that was fun because Christian is still a massive piece of shit, obviously. Um, although you're saying you can't wait for the third match. That was the third match. So Christian now is up two to one on edge. Is that the uh, third match? I which mean, one I, he, which one am I missing? Oh, oh, because oh, of because he cashed in, right? Yeah, I mean, that is the third match. Right. Um, but but here's the thing, like it's it's literally a ripoff of money in the bank. Right. Like it's it's a total and I but, love Money in the Bank, but it's but, a total ripoff. But who was the first to ever cash in Money in the Bank? Yeah, the ultimate opportunist. Yes. Edge. And yes. who's the first ever, apparently, from what I can tell, to cash in, to get cashed in on for the TNT title? Christian on Edge. It yeah. looks like Christian on Edge. I think there was a lot of callbacks from Edge's career in that match. I mean, the table, lighting the table on fire, that's a callback to him and Foley. Yeah. Um, and apparently so, the gear that he wore was uh, was from that match, too. Right. In WrestleMania so, 22, I think it was. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I think that Ed, Edge doesn't need this TNT. Like, I, the, like it doesn't. 
the the one thing that w- I was, if it had ended and, and and Edge won the match, just won it the way he won it, I would be sitting here saying this was the dumbest shit ever because right. the way he was holding it and looking at it, it was as if it was the biggest moment of his career. It That's was so point. dumb. That's it was point. so. I was like, come on, man, this guy's a WWE Hall of Famer, and he's happy that he won. The, the, what he should be happy about is he beat Christian. And that's yeah. what the goal was. Not that he won the, they're made like edge is a champion. And right. Like, who gives a so? shit? Who gives a shit? But Christian as TNT champion has made this title the most important. I mean, he's made this title huge. Yeah. Him winning the title back is great. Yeah. Him winning the title back made this match incredible. Yeah. And the way they beat the shit out of each other, it's like, whatever is going to, ha- I don't know what's going to happen in the next, ma- next match. I'm assuming some type of cage match. It's gotta be like, where else do you go from here? Um, it's going to be awesome. And eventually, like Edge will get his, or Christian will get his comeuppance from Edge. It'll happen. I just wonder when that happens, big picture-wise, in AEW, where does Edge go? Where do you go after? Like, this, this is what everybody wanted point, to see with him. When it's over, where does he go? I think at some point, as good as Christian is, Christian and Edge have to have a tag team run. It's, it has to happen. There's no bringing him into the company, having him work with Christian. Clearly, like his last run wants to be working with Christian. Edge and Christian have to be a tag team at some point. Okay. They got, I feel like they have to be. It would be so I think there's a lot of people who would be disappointed if like Edge just goes through this run in AEW and never tags with Christian again. Like, I mean, and and, and I mean maybe as heels, because Christian's so good as a heel, but yeah, it's gotta I, that's I, I don't know. I don't know where you go with Edge after Christian. That's why I was shocked. You know, when he came in, that his first feud was with Christian. Yeah. You figured he'd he would have some matches, have some feuds, lead leading maybe to an Christian would be ducking him for a while. Right, right. So it's a good question. I don't know where you go with him after he's done with Christian, but it doesn't seem like that's gonna be done anytime soon. So all right, good. I got one I got one more match from last night that I want to get into with you. But first, gotta tell you guys about one of our other great sponsors here on It's Still Real to Me. Huge pro wrestling fan one of the promoters, chairman of BRCW, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. They got a big show coming up next month in January, right before the Jericho Cruising for a Bruising uh, Cruise, which takes off out of here. They got a big show coming up, BRCW. But if you're looking for a new home, I'm talking about Matthew H. Mashler and Signature Real Estate Finder. Matthew H. Mashler, your trusted real estate broker. If you're looking for a new home, you're looking for your dream home in any part of South Florida, Look no further than Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Look, finding a new home, it could be stressful if you don't have the right real estate broker. Matthew H. Mashler and Signature Real Estate Finder, they're going to set you up with your dream home, the best price out there. They're going to know the neighborhood, the schools, all that stuff that you need. Maybe you're just looking to sell your current property, all right? Or... If you're already in the business, maybe you need to be taking your real estate career to the next level. Well, you could join the Signature team. The Signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders, ranked number one in Boca, top 25 in the entire state of Florida, and with offices all throughout the state, including Delray, Parkland, Lauderdale, Miami, Naples, Palm Beach, Orlando. The Signature team is where you want to be. So whether you're buying your dream home, Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334. You're looking to sell your own property. Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334. Or if you're just looking to join the best in the business, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate. 
experiences. All right. So the other match that I want to get your thoughts on here, Joey, the Continental Classic Championship. We're talking Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Now, considering how down and out Kingston was early in the tournament, it didn't look like he was going to have a chance at winning this thing. But like I said early on, I, and you knew going into this final, Eddie Kingston was definitely winning. Number one, it's a good story. But number two, one of the titles that he put on the line is a New Japan championship. And AEW doesn't get to decide who gets to win a New Japan championship. So, of course, Eddie Kingston was always going to win the Continental Classic. Because right. they're not allowed, they're, like, there's no way that they're going to be allowed to decide who else to put that belt on. That's New Japan Pro Wrestling's decision. So, Eddie Kingston went, I, I thought the match was fun, but you you know my issue with, with Eddie Kingston. It's, same, it's essentially the same thing with John Moxley. It's a match between two guys who don't wrestle. You know, like, it's it's a match, like, it's two guys fighting. It's it's not a wrestling match, you know? I think Eddie that- Kingston fights. And for the most part, John Moxley fights. That's what right. he got. Yeah, I think, but I I will say, I think just based on listening to Tony Khan uh, talk about the the tournament and that match in particular, like I think that's what he they were. That's what their aim was to make it more of a sport than professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I liked the Continental Classic. Like I dug it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was good. I I wish I always would like to see these types of tournaments be to, you know, ex, like accelerate somebody higher right because we started with eddie kingston as one thing and we finished with him as the same thing i don't think this makes him like any bigger in terms of like his star power or anything like that i think he's he's just eddie kingston um whereas you know a jay white not that this jay white necessarily but like a swerve or somebody like that i don't know i feel like that's my only issue with it but the the tournament itself was fine they're gonna keep doing it what i what i did like about this match was brian danielson being on commentary because it was good one of the issues I do have with AEW when they try to be more sporty, when they try to be more mixed martial arts, jujitsu, Muay Thai, these types of things, Taz and Excalibur are awful with it. Um, they're constantly calling, they're ca- saying, calling moves. They're using like the Japanese terminology or like wrong. Like MMA is a massive sport in the United States now. If they're mm-hmm. gonna do jujitsu moves, you have to say what they're doing, like as if it is mixed martial arts in the United States. Like an arm bar is not a jujikatami; it's an arm bar. Like say what it is, so people can understand and wrap their head around what these guys are doing when they're transitioning from one move to another. Stop trying to like do this like Japanese shoot wrestling stuff. No one cares about that. Brian Danielson did a great job of like explaining like. This is why Eddie Kingston's good. He's a great striker, this and that. If they yeah. go to the mat, John Moxley is a much better grappler. Yeah. And the, like he was good at explaining that stuff. So if they're going to do these things, they need to have somebody like Brian Danielson on there because the other two, I mean, you know how I feel about AEW's announcers in general. They stink. But that adds a whole other element to it where he can actually uh, apparently call a match like that in the moment and, and, and make you understand what's going on. You know, it's it's an Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Brian Danielson staple. And I know it's very strong style, uh, but the standing in the middle of the ring 
and the exchanging chops. Yeah. I'll never understand it. What like why allow a guy a free punch or or a free chop on you? Again, I know that strong style shit, but I just I'll never get it, you know? Yeah. And, and now look, it, it did equal what I thought was one of the coolest moments of the match, which was Moxley going to his knee and telling, you know, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Like that was really cool. Uh so so at least it worked here, but I was I'll never get it. Just standing there and trading chops. Okay. You, like it's slap fighting. Okay. It's your turn. Now it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Right. I'll never get it. Well, what I don't like the one part of that, I especially don't like is like the shotgun chops. When Eddie Kingston just does like the, quick they look like little, they don't hurt at all. It does. It looks like he's barely touching them. At yeah. least with the, when they're exchanging chops, they're hitting each other. Like oh, that's very real. It's that's very, very real. Yeah. But those quick chops when he's like, like that, that thing, that's a love tap. It looks like he's barely touching him. I hate yeah. when they do that. It does nothing yeah. for me. Um, I don't mind because it's their style. I, I don't mind the chops because they are they are really hitting each other. What I do mind is whoever gave Eddie Kingston, and maybe Eddie Kingston doesn't get permission, whoever gave Eddie Kingston permission to do a suicide dive outside oh the ring. Oh, my God. I thought he died. I thought he was dead. I, I, I really thought he hurt himself bad in that spot. Right. That was right. really bad. And then Mox gave him a pile driver. Yeah. It was crazy. Like yeah. that looked, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does have a concussion. He landed on his head. It was really bad. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, yeah, the match was cool. Yeah. And the end where Moxley, you know, they hug at the end and Moxley leaves through the crowd. That shit was cool. Um, do you have anything else about the show before we talk about something a little bit serious that was kind of hanging over the show? Um, no, I mean, the only, I mean, look, Julia Hart's awesome. I, 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 I don't. Is she still House of Black? Yeah, she is. She I's is. just wearing red? Well, black and I red. Thought was, yeah, that thought was weird. You know? Yeah. I mean, she's got her own little thing with Will, with um, what's her name? Sky Blue, obviously. Yeah. But she addressed that actually in the post fight scrum thing. And she said, I'm always going to be House of Black. But okay, she is good. technically still House of Black. She's um, also, I, I can't handle that. I can't take Abaddon seriously. I, I, yeah. I, I don't understand putting, there's so many wrestlers in that company. Abaddon doesn't, shouldn't have yeah, a, a. I can't a take her serious. Um, timeless Tony Storm was was good as always mm -hmm. yep. she, she she retained um you know big bill and ricky starks retained but no other than that miro beat uh, and andrade alito oh yeah we could mention that real quick too i mean you, you you knew which way that was going the whole time because andrade is very clearly leaving and may in fact debut on raw tomorrow night right but uh tony, and tony khan confirmed it last okay night, yeah that his contract's and, up and yeah that they they would love to have him back but He's not going to be back. Yeah, no, he's gone. He may be on Raw tomorrow night. But the, because we knew Andrade was leaving, you knew that CJ Perry had to turn on him because otherwise, what the hell? Like, Lana's own or CJ Perry's only client just up and dipped. Like, it has right. to be because she decided. To, so you knew right. that's the way that match was going to go. And uh, and we'll see if, if Miro still forsakes her. Right. So, yep. Uh, no, it was, it, I'm a bit... He's awesome. Like I, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see him back in WWE, especially with Triple H in charge. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, back. he he's great. He was. He I mean, that awesome. match was a really good match too. Uh, hopefully, they do more with Miro, um, or yeah. else he might leave at some point too. But uh, yeah, it was a good match. Good way to go out. But I'm excited to see him back in WWE. He was awesome in WWE. So, so one of the chants that was going around during the Jericho match, you had a a couple of chants. One of them was NDA. And mm -hmm. another one was, was it fuck you, Chris? Was that the other one? I think so. I don't really totally okay. remember. So I, I honestly didn't pay attention to a ton of that match. That match meant nothing to me. With I. Kenny out, with Kenny out, it was just like, 
a thrown together thing, but so uh, I don't know if it was yesterday morning or if it was the day before. You got a lot of internet scuttle, and the gist of the story is uh, Chris Jericho, and, and it's it's unsubstant as Tony Khan said, it's unsubstantiated internet rumors, um, and so, so- Chris. Chris Jericho is being compared to Harvey Weinstein is essentially the easiest well, way of putting it. Yeah. So the just the, Nick Hausman, who is a wrestling person, he has a wrestling podcast on his podcast, <laughs> basically implied that there is a lot of stories about Chris Jericho that eventually will come out and it will not be good for Chris Jericho. And he didn't directly compare him to Harvey Weinstein, but he basically was like, look, Harvey Weinstein made a lot of great movies. He did a lot of great things as a professional, but he was a bad person. Like that was sort of the comparison. It was like a one, but he basically was implying that like there is stuff that will come out about Jericho, um, you know, that will be bad. And then some other people online started tweeting about Kylie Ray, who used to be an AEW. And basically, you know, there was people implying that, Kylie Ray left the company because of something that happened between her and Chris Jericho. And she replied to one of these tweets with a heart, which well, makes and, and what we that... do know factually about uh, what we factually know about Kylie Ray leaving a W was she has dealt with alcoholism and mental health. We know that for sure. Oh yeah. But I think people are taking, and this is all we know, right? People are taking her responding to. Yeah these tweets with a heart as confirmation that something happened. She didn't say right. what no one knows. Right. But the, the, the thought here is that that is her sort of confirming that something happened. No idea what, and that's where right. we're at basically. Well, the first thing I would say is uh, anytime a woman is making an accusation about, you know, sexual advances or certainly sexual assault needs to be taken extremely serious. Sure, uh, sure. that doesn't mean that it happened. It doesn't mean you believe it right away, but you do need to take it very, very seriously. Okay. And let's figure out what happened here. Now, with that said, Kylie Ray has not accused Chris Jericho of any of this. Yeah. Kylie Ray has responded to a tweet with a heart emoji. All right. She hasn't actually accused anyone of anything. So I think it's important to point that part out. And, and the last thing that I would also point out is if Chris Jericho did make sexual advances uh, to Kylie Ray or any other female performer in AEW, the only crime there is against Chris Jericho's wife. All right. Unless he forced a woman to do anything, if he's hitting on other women or trying to get them to sleep with him, there is nothing illegal about it. It's adultery. And that's Chris Jericho and his wife's problem. But if he's not forcing anyone to do anything, what are we talking about? Well, I think that's, I think that's a, I I think I might be putting it can make him a douchebag. Well, no, but if you're using your influence in a company. Okay, so are you saying if you sleep with me, I will go to Tony Khan? I think the implication here is. All right, that's. I I don't think the implication, if, if, look, if all they're saying is, Jericho was hitting on women. I don't think anybody would care. I think the implication is that he was using his influence as a powerful member of the industry and of the company to try to persuade women to sleep with him. If that is the implication, that's all it's all implied. Like 
No one has actually come out and said anything that's happened. But I think because with Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein was the he he ran the studio. Right. Chris Jericho's not an executive. He's not a boss. He's not an owner. He's a performer. He's 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 literally on the same level as whatever female superstar he's trying to hit on. A hundred percent. But I, he has he has sway. I mean, he, he just does. He's Chris Jericho. I mean, the company does not exist without Chris Jericho. Tony Khan, I imagine, listens to the words that come out of Chris Jericho's mouth when he's talking about what should happen in that company. And again, this is all just based off of one guy saying one thing on a podcast and then a bunch of people tweeting shit they don't probably even know about. But the if the implication is that he in any way used that type of influence to try to get someone like a Kylie Ray or whoever to sleep with him or whatever, that's a problem. That's a big problem, especially, you know, look, at any time it's a problem. But the wrestling industry over the last few years has not it's, it hasn't been good. You know, we're not that far away removed from the speak out hashtag speak out uh joey ryan basically losing his career over sexual harassment and sexual assault uh marty skrull who should have been in AEW, who should have been a huge part eventually of AEW, who was the head booker of ring of honor got accused of uh you know sleeping with a 16 year old jack gallagher fired from wwe for you know stuff comes out about vince mcmahon the wrestling industry over the last few years hasn't been great with this so it people are going to take it seriously i think just because it a it's jericho and b you know the, the the industry hasn't been the greatest over the last few years so it needs to be taken seriously but to your point we know nothing we know literally nothing we know nothing so we just have to wait like you have someone saying things are going to come out one day about chris jericho and you have a heart emoji that's all you yeah. got but again the person i'm going to shit on here and i and i can't it it has to be said. And I, and I don't think I'm the only one. Tony Khan was asked about it twice last night, and he handled it fucking terribly. They need to get this guy media training. Yeah, he's sitting awful. there with the with the sunglasses and he the has, Russian babka hat, whatever it's called. He, he's looking like an asshole. He has no fucking clue how to answer questions. He has no idea how to talk to the media. And besides, so, so for clarity on why he was wearing that, that was Tony Storm's outfit. Tony Storm put that stuff on him. I know, like but they, a PR it, person at some point right, before it right. starts is going to tell Tony Khan, you are going to be asked about this. Right. So, you can't be sitting up there looking like an asshole. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is he responds by saying, look, I can't respond to unsubstantiated internet rumors. Fair. You know what? That's fair. I mean, you, you, you can't, you don't want to like give credence to it if it's not true. But instead of saying, we have a zero tolerance policy for any type of harassment. Like if we found out that something like that was happening, that person would be fired tomorrow. Like there's no question. The, the only way to respond to that as the owner of the company is to say zero tolerance. That's it. There's no way it's not happening in our company. And if I find out it's happening in our company, that person's gone tomorrow. But yeah. instead, Tony Khan goes on this whole thing about how AEW is the safest wrestling company out there. Mm -hmm. We're, you can ask anybody about our track record of safety. Everyone's safe, and we have a committee. And if something comes up, we go to the committee, and the committee discusses it. Shut, what the fuck are you talking about? Why is it? Why are you going from being asked about whether Chris Jericho is being investigated for sexual harassment or sexual assault to we have a committee, and I think you can ask anybody. We're the safest company out there. 
Who gives a shit? What are you talking about? Just say what needs to be said. If something comes up, we will handle it. There's a zero zero tolerance. That's it. That's all you have to say. Yeah. But instead, you're wearing the hat. You're wearing the glasses. You sound like an idiot. You look like an idiot. Somebody help this yeah. guy. He's hurt. He's only hurting himself in his company. He he just doesn't know how to. He doesn't know how to speak to the media. He doesn't know how to do it. It's not his fault. He's never a bit. He's never had to until now. But they got to At some point, they got to reel him in. I mean, it, it looked so bad. It yeah. looked so bad. I hope it's not true. And for Kylie Ray's sake, I hope it's not true. Like, like I said, she's been through a lot, man. And mm -hmm. uh, and I like her a lot as a performer. She had a tryout with WWE a few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, she was on main events. She was Brianna Ray. Right. And uh, I guess they I'm decided... not mistaken. I think she recently had a child too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love for her to be brought in by WWE. I think she's terrific. Um, yeah, and I hope it, I hope the whole thing is not true. But again, yeah. well, we, we have also, so little information about it. Look, first and foremost for, for her and for anybody that potentially else that could have been affected by this. But selfishly, just selfishly for me, like I hope. Of course you hope it's not that, true. That this guy that I've been rooting for my whole life, who's one of my favorite wrestlers and of one course. of the best ever, that his whole career and whole life is not ruined by the fact that he was like a sexual predator this whole time. Of course. I hope that's not the fucking case yep. for the women, of course, but just because like it's Chris Jericho. Yep. You know, this is not Marty Skrull or Joey I Ryan agree, or man. Jack Gallagher. This is Chris Jericho. I mean, I'm with he's you. such a meaningful part of this industry. Yep. And he, he goes down as one of the most influential people in the history of this, of professional wrestling for it to go down like this would be tragic. Yep. I'm with you, man. Tragic. Oof. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, man. I think we covered it all, yeah? Tomorrow's yep. going to be fun, though. Tomorrow's day one. Raw is back after having yep. been off for a couple weeks. You got day one tomorrow. Triple H already confirmed there's going to be a return of a uh, a former WWE champion. Do you have a yep. guess of who it is? I have a guess. I have room I've seen some rumors. Who do you think it's going to be? Don't give me rumors. Give me who you think it's going to be. I have no idea. I didn't – I I mean – I mean, I, I you know, Rey Mysterio's been out for a while, but he, I think he that just had surgery. It. Not that can't be it. What? It has to be someone who's not on the roster right now. Like I feel like you they're like, bringing in somebody. But it's a world champion. Of, no, he didn't say that. It said former champion. I thought it said former world champion. No, I don't think so. I think it said former champion. Mm. Matt Cardona. That'd be cool. That'd be right. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Mandy Rose. Well, she was a former world champion. NXT yeah. world champion. Counts. Yeah, you're right. Counts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's Mandy um, Rose. We'll see. I think Matt Cardona would be more fun. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want one rumor? Although sure. it, he's not. I guess he's on the roster. So it, I guess it can't be him. Oh. Brock. That Brock's me back. No, no. That, like that. That's not the impression I'm getting when he says of, that a it's former somebody, champion is going to be. It's someone who is not actively rostered. Like it would have been like Mercedes Monet, you know? Right, but it's not. But it's not. Or at least I don't we, think it is. Well, if you believe the reports, she they had a negotiation and it didn't work out, so she's not going to WWE. Um. Well, I I don't I don't know how true that is. I mean, they were saying all that stuff about Punk also, and they're feeding the rags misinformation. To draw you right. off the scent. So I, I don't know how much I believe that. Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, with a, with Charlotte's injury, this would be the time. This would be it. I mean, that would be huge. Having for, her back for Mania season. For Sasha. For Sasha. Would she be Sasha Banks or Mercedes Monet? Um, 
Well, I, it should have to be Sasha, Sasha Banks. Should be it Sasha Banks, be. but there was also a story re- that she just recently like trademarked a few more like Monet type gimmicks. She'd have to be Sasha Banks, but I yeah. don't think it's. I think it's gonna be Mandy Rose. Okay, well, I'm going with I'm going with uh Matt. Now, if Matt Cardona comes back, is he gonna be Zack Ryder? I think he said Zack Ryder's dead. Okay. Yeah, I think it has to be Matt Cardona. But if so I think it has vi- to be this character. But if Vince was in charge and he came back, he'd make him be Zack Ryder. Most likely. But Triple H. Now, does Andrade count? Uh, Andrade does count. Yeah, could be Andrade. Mm-hmm. What 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 titles did he hold? I mean, obviously NXT. NXT, NXT champion. Yeah. Was he US champ too? Maybe. I don't know, but he was NXT champion, so that counts. Okay, so it could be Andrade. Mm-hmm. Could be Andrade. Yeah. That'd be underwhelming. No, I think it'd be cool. It would be fun for sure. Yeah. It'd be fun. I, we. I mean, I think. Cool. Everyone is already expecting it anyways. So you want it to be somebody that no one knows. Like, I think everyone is under the impression, like, Andrade basically already signed with WWE, yeah. it seems like. Like, man, like Mandy Rose, I think, would be a huge pop. I think it'd be a big deal. But she never really got, like, her time on the main roster. Yeah, but she became really huge at NXT. Well, actually, that's not true. She was on the main roster and then went down she to a, NXT. She fought Sonya Deville at WrestleMania. No, that's what I'm saying. She was on NXT. She was on the main roster. Yeah. But then she became, like, a big star in NXT, really. Yep. So I wonder she, if she, she came... hustled backwards. Right. But I'm saying like, if she came back on raw, would she get think, the pop that? Yeah. Yeah. I think she would. Because she got be fired. And because she's super hot, man. How many guys at raw tomorrow, what percentage of the men at raw tomorrow subscribe to Mandy Rose's only fans? I think a percentage. Like, like 20%. No, that's, that's a, that's a lot, man. Well, like a couple percent. Well, how many people are at raw? A 15,000? 10,000? Maybe 10. So twenty, so ten, five five percent max. Five, so five hundred, five hundred guys. Yeah, in that crowd. Yeah, I I think so. I would take the over. Really? Or have subscribed at some point just to just just to get a little taste, just right. to check it out. Right. You know, I think Mandy Rose returning would be a really big deal. Yeah, I I, cool. I think it's Mandy Rose. All right. Cool. We'll all right, man. Tomorrow. Good stuff. Yeah. Tomorrow will be fun. Uh, to all your fans, we'll talk to them next week, man. Go ahead. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Day one, New Year's Revolution. New Year's Revolution. Yep. And we get to keep talking about AEW because Jack Perry, not the devil. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for watching live right now, especially on New Year's Eve. If you're listening right now on the podcast, we obviously appreciate you as well. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that fun stuff. Appreciate you guys, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week on another live edition of It's Still Real to Me. See ya.